1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 170 of this excellent podcast. It is December 2nd. Arguably, I think it is my favorite month of the year, December. Obviously, we have Christmas and the holidays. New Year's, we have my birthday. Football's in full swing, obviously, with the playoff push basketball and hockey are in full swings hopefully baseball and you know that offseason can kind of pick back up and just give us a lot of groundbreaking earth-shattering news with the baseball winter meetings coming up the beginning of next week or actually all of next week I should say so just a really good time for me love 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 December besides the cold weather you guys know how I feel about that but that is neither here nor there we have Oh my, I don't even know what to call this episode and the potential rant that I'm more often than not going to go on here, and I'm just going to full throttle the Patriots in this episode. I really am. Listen, the Bruins are playing absolutely fantastic. The Celtics are playing absolutely fantastic. There's no way about that. No way around that. But what more can I say that that I've already said? Tatum's playing well. Smart's playing well. Brown's playing well. Horford just got a two-year extension. Rob Williams is coming back, but the team's already doing so good without him. Then you got the Bruins. The offense is clicking. The defense is clicking. The goaltending is looking really solid, you know, after Swayman's coming back. It's not like there's a lot of adversity as of now, knock on wood, with these teams. So besides good, 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 what can I say about them? So, you know, there's not a lot of sensitive topics or debatable topics or truly conversational topics for these teams you know regards to the bruins and the celtics so that's why here in this episode i'm going to completely full throttle the patriots because it is an absolute disgrace the type of product we're getting from the new england patriots an absolute disgrace on what we're getting from them and us as fans deserve better And I'm not trying to say, you know, we're not getting good fan service. The team itself is shooting itself in its own foot, right? Now, a lot of people want to just kind of point that mag. You know what? Before I get into that, before I get into my reasons and my logic and my line of thinking here, again, thank you guys so much for clicking on the video. If you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to this episode on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find Merce Boston Sports Talk. So I would really appreciate the download, the listen, and of course, you enjoying this episode. But without further ado, is it, is everybody sitting down? Are you buckled in, Are you strapped in, because what we saw last week against Minnesota Vikings, which we've already talked about. You know, we were able to sit down and you know refreshingly talk about that game although it was a loss but again against a potential final four team in the vikings you know who are arguably the best team in the nfc obviously you have the eagles there that would say otherwise but you can make an argument for the for the vikings and you played very well and you're just a few plays short okay good thing to build off of going into a big week against a divisional opponent who again is probably on that same level of A deep playoff aspiration, again, a Final Four team, Super Bowl aspiration, very good defense, though banged up, good offense, a lot to carry on from Thanksgiving to this game. And again, it's not like you have a short week going from Sunday to Thursday. You had Thursday to Thursday. So you had a full week of rest, preparation, practice, and all that good stuff in lieu of this game against the Bills. So there is no excuses. There is not a single excuse. You looked good against the Vikings, although you lost. You had a lot to build off of to go into this game. Now, yes, Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs are completely different uh, wide receivers. Kurt Cousins and Josh Allen completely different quarterbacks. The defenses for the Vikings and the Bills are completely different in their own right. The run game, Dalvin Cook and Devin Singletary, completely different running backs. So, yes, the two teams are different. Yes. However, when you look so good against the Vikings and you were in some positions to win, how could you have fallen off the rails so far? You know, after this game, after losing twenty-four to ten. Well, I'll tell you this one thing right here, right now: is I even said this in the podcast last week. The Vikings defense, although it is good, it is not as good as the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, even though they're not one hundred percent healthy, and they won't be they're much better it's just that's a fact they're much better than the Minnesota Vikings now if you want to look at the offense of these two teams and say tick for tack punch for punch pound for pound they're relatively similar fine go ahead again Kirk Cousins Josh Allen completely different Jefferson and Diggs they're different Cook and Singletary they're different Hawkinson and Knox they're different you know the O-lines are different whatever But, you know, you could relatively say the offenses are similar, but the defenses are completely worlds apart. But, again, you still looked good against the Vikings, but you completely fell off the rails. There was so much to feed off of last week. Mac Jones looked good. He almost threw for 400 yards. Clean game, no interceptions. We were able to see some good play from Nelson Aguilar. Ramondre Stevenson, both in the run and the pass game, looked exceptional. Hunter Henry was, you know, catching some balls, although he should have had two touchdowns, but he had one. It was a lot to feed off of. Where did that go? Again, the the insane... I don't want to say insane because, I mean, they did give up 10 points. But, I mean, it's not that hard because I have tons of offensive metrics that I want to get into in a second. But I just want to kind of mm-hmm. just clear my chest of immediate thoughts about this game and how frustrating it is. Because you were, in, you were never really in a position to win this game. But you were in several positions to keep the game close within reaching distance you really were i mean at worst going into halftime the score was 17 to 7 it could have been 17 to 10 but that nick folk field goal fell short okay so be it third quarter defense looked good gave up no points actually forced the bills to punt a lot um in the second half i think what three times they were able to punt which they punted for the first time in like two and a half years or whatever it is against you guys So, you were able to stop the offense, you were able to slow him down, but your offense wasn't able to do anything, wasn't able to click. Why? The same exact reasons why I've been sitting here saying that this Patriots team is not good. No weapons. I mean, you do have a run game with Ramondre Stevenson, but he was, I don't want to say he was bottled up, he had 10 carries, 54 yards, 5.4 average. But they kind of bottled him up a little bit because the five point, uh, the 5.4 average, really good. However, he was essentially neutralized in the passing game. And you didn't want to absolutely just force feed him because he is honestly your only weapon. He is your only good weapon. And Ramondre Stevenson, as good as he is, he's not that guy just yet. Not yet, he's not. The poor play by the offensive line, I can't stress enough how bad it was. It looked good last week. Saw some much improvement. Again, different D-line you're going up against, different defensive scheme, different defensive players, but still a lot to take away from the offensive line. You kept the pocket clean last week and allowing Mac Jones to really look downfield and make those throws, allowing him to throw for 382 yards. That was a big key for Mac Jones and his success and the offensive success last week was the clean pocket last year when Mac Jones had a good pocket? He threw for 4,000 yards, uh, 20 something touchdowns, and made the pro bowl. I mean, he was really good last year with essentially the same weapons as he does this year. Obviously, with the exception of Taekwon Thornton and Devontae Parker, everyone is relatively the same from last year to this year, offensively, besides those two guys. But the offense looked way better last year. Why? Because he had time to throw. He had a pocket. He didn't have to take the snap one, two maybe, maybe two seconds, and either have to uh, get out of the pocket, move up in the pocket, evade the sack, or take the sack, or throw the ball away. I mean, there's too much going on. And again, could you blame him for not being able to process it fast enough? I mean I guess you could but I'm not because there was countless times last night where that pocket did collapse under two seconds and he was still able to make some some decent throws some were completed some were not it's just a simple fact any good quarterback can thrive with a good offensive line not any good quarterback can thrive with a bad offensive line I mean Patrick Mahomes in the 2020 Super Bowl against the Buccaneers you could even say that whole playoff run You know, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, he showed signs of struggle. Why? Because of a poor offensive line. Now, I'm not trying to compare Mac Jones and Patrick Mahomes, but again, you could see a similar correlation that bad offensive line, poor play. Now, Patrick Mahomes is in a completely different world in terms of skill and talent level than Mac Jones, so he was still able to make plays and still able to perform at a high level. But look at Patrick Mahomes now. When he does have an offensive line and he does have protection, allowing him to go through his reads, whether to scramble to pick up the first down or to chuck the ball 50 yards down the field or find um, like Travis Kelsey on a 5-yard curl row because that's all he does or Juju doing like a little 10-yard in or out, he has time to read the defense, to go through his progression, to make a good throw. Mac Jones does not have that. And we can clearly see that from last year where he did to this year where he doesn't. And I think that's the biggest thing. Biggest thing. Before Mac Jones got injured, the offensive line wasn't looking good. It was really underperforming. Mac Jones gets injured, of course, because of the poor offensive line, right? Bailey Zappi comes in. The offensive line starts to get better. The play calling gets a little bit better. Mac Jones comes back. The play calling doesn't improve. The offensive line is meh. It sucks. But I feel like, I really feel like last week and i think a lot of patriots fans would say this last week it really looked like it was coming together it really was you were a missed holding call on a kick return touchdown away you were a a terrible incomplete incompletion call away from beating the vikings last week now again i'm not going to sit here and make excuses and do this or do that but still you were that close and it looked like you were putting the pieces or you had put the pieces in the right spot for this year, for the rest of this year to make a playoff run, to go against the Bills and beat the Bills, to go against the Dolphins and beat the Dolphins, you know, in a couple weeks. But now I just feel like we're back at square one because the offensive line sucks. The weapons suck. They can't catch balls. And I haven't even touched upon it, but the offensive play call reeks. It sucks. You have a defensive guy as your offensive line coach and not formally, but he's your offensive play caller and Matt Patricia. Now I was listening to the radio on the way here to the shop to record this episode. And you guys know how I felt about, you know, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia coming back into the roles that they are. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Especially with such a young quarterback, a fragile quarterback who's still in the infancy of his career. You need to put him around the right pieces again. Matt Jones had Josh McDaniels last year. Say what you want about him as a head coach, but he's a really damn good offensive coordinator. He really is. And, hey, maybe the Raiders are figuring things out, you know, in, in L.A. Um, L.A., wow. In in Vegas, I, I doubt it. But, like, the offense looks like it's clicking a little bit. Devontae Adams looks like he's all right. Derek Carr is throwing the ball a little bit better. Of course, you got to question the health of Waller and Renfro. But hey, they're trying to make it work, of course, you know, be in the severe backseat that they are to start the season. However, Josh McDaniels is an exceptional offensive coach and an offensive play caller. And I think Mac Jones was really able to succeed, among other variables good offensive line, uh, good run game. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say competent receivers, but Kendrick Bourne played well last year, Hunter Henry played well last year. As much as I don't like Nelson Aguilar, but he played okay last year. So, oh, and Jacoby Myers, of course. Jacoby Myers played exceptional last year. You're not getting any of those exceptional receivers playing. You have no none of those receivers playing at an exceptional level this year. The running game is pretty good for the most part. Offensive line blows, and the offensive play calling is probably worse than the offensive line. All that added up and stacked on top of each other. Is why Mac Jones isn't able to perform the way that he did last year or meeting the expectations. I don't think any quarterback, unless you're in the top like 2% of quarterbacks, is going to win last night with what you had available. I mean, the defense looked terrible in the first half, but they were able to kind of step it up in the second half. So I'll give them a little bit of credit. 24 points allowed to the Buffalo Bills should put you in a conversation to win that game, all things considered. You know, Buffalo Bills an exceptionally great offense in the league, but to only hold them to 24 points, I think that's pretty good. That, again, should put you in a winnable situation. But when your offense is only scoring 10 points, you're never going to win a game. I think there was a stat last night on the telecast saying that the Patriots, when they don't score 17 points this season, are... Oh, I forget what it was. Uh, let's see if I can do this math right here. Let's see. Oh, uh, and one, one and one, one and two. No, they scored seventeen points. One and two, one and two, one and two. What was the stat? I'm trying to think what the stat was, because the majority of their wins, or the majority of these games, they're scoring more than seventeen points. I forget what that stat was. Oh, no, I think it's that they allowed 17 points. They lose. Okay, so let me look at this. Dolphins 1-1, only allowed 14 to the Steelers, so that doesn't count. 0-2 because they allowed 37 to the Raiders. 0-3, 0-3, 0-4, 1-4, 1-4, 1-5, 1-6. They are 1-6, the New England Patriots, are 1-6 this year when allowing... 17 points or more in a game now listen you should be able to score 17 points in the nfl as an offense any offense you should be able to score 17 points you have five to ten possessions know, maybe 10's a lot I don't know, five to eight possessions a game you should be able to get two touchdowns and a field goal from that if you're if you have a competent offense right you could look at any team and all the bad teams and be like listen there's ways you can score 17 points Maybe not the Texans, but (laughs) they might be the one exception. One and six. All the other team has to do is just score 17 points, and they win. It's unbelievable. What was that one? What was the one win? Um, It was against the Jets where Zach Wilson threw two interceptions in the second half. Were they both in the fourth quarter? I'm not sure, but they were in the second half. So arguably, you could have lost that game too. And Zach Wilson, by the way, at that time, was playing okay. Obviously, he has sucked since then, and now he's benched. But October 30th, he was playing okay. I think that was his first or second game back. I believe it was. First or second game back. So, it's just an, a, a team that's absolutely in shambles. I hate to tell you the truth, but it's this team's in shambles. They have nothing going right. Again, defense... Super inconsistent. Offense, no weapons, bad offensive line, poor play calling. And people here in New England, especially those that like Bailey Sappy or those that you know aren't a fan of Mac Jones, are, are saying that this is all Mac Jones' fault. Dude had twenty two completions for thirty six on thirty six attempts for 195 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's not the reason why you lost that game. If he had three interceptions, no touchdowns, uh, 35 completion percentage, fine. Go ahead, go ahead, head hunting. But we all watched that game last night. He was running for his life. He would drop back into the pocket. He would try to roll around, move up. I mean, what was the play in the deep in the fourth quarter uh, when they're in the red zone, I believe, and the Patriots are or Mac Jones like, was running all the way by the 40-yard line of the Bills. Like, he was, like, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he evaded, like, three sacks, and then he was able to finally throw the ball. I think it it ended up being an incompletion, but, I mean, that play went on for, like, 10 seconds. And then the play before that, he took a 16-yard sack because he was trying to evade the pressure and to escape the sack. But, again, the pressure just got to him because the offensive line sucks. I mean... What's Trent Brown doing out there? Cut blocking on plays that are supposed to be long balls and not even, like, stepping up to try to help. And when the pocket breaks down, he's not even stepping up to try to block a guy when Mac Jones is scrambling. Like, I'm not just trying to call out Trent Brown, but he's a major problem why. Isaiah Wynn's a major problem why. Cole Strange has been overall exceptional this year, but he is a rookie, so there's going to be natural mistakes. David Andrews just coming back from injury. The grizzled veteran has had some troubles. Michael Onwenu, he's been fairly good. Not going to really point to him. And then, of course, the right uh, the right tackle the past couple weeks has been – I mean, Kajust was fine last week. And then whoever replaced him because Kajust didn't play, I don't even know his name. McDermott? Mc, McBucket? I don't know. He sucked. It's not Mac Jones' fault for whoever's listening. Could Mac Jones play better? Sure. How would you like him to do that? Would you like him to throw the ball deeper downfield? Okay, we'll tell the offensive line to give him more time. Would you like him to throw the ball for more completions? Okay, we'll tell the receivers to c- catch the ball. Like what more can you th- do you want this guy to do? He hasn't thrown an interception in so it's not like he's, you know, screwing you. He didn't throw one against the Vikings, did he throw one against the Jets. Uh, he did not throw one against the Jets there. Uh, was that 3 weeks? Did he throw one against the Colts? I want to say he might have. Did not. So four weeks. Um, The Colts. Oh, that that other that first Jets game he did. Since that first Jets game on October thirtieth, it has been. uh, Let's see, one, two, three, four. He's played in four straight games without an interception. He's not the problem. He's not turning the ball over. He's not making bad decisions. He is under pressure, under stress. And listen, I'm not trying to sound like a Mac Jones, Alabama fanboy here. Look at the game. Watch the game. Look at the film. Look at the stats. You want stats? I'm going to give you some stats. Tell me if this is all Mac Jones' fault. Ready? Because I'm not. Points per game. This is just New England offense, right? Points per game. They average 20.8 points per game. That ranks 20th in the NFL. So, middle of the pack. Like, right? middle third. Yards per game, 318.9. That ranks 25th in the NFL. Bottom third of the league. Points per play. I don't really like that points per play stat. I mean, they ranked 15th, but that, that's just a weird one. 0.35 points per play. I guess you just take how many points they've scored on how many play, Whatever. Yards per play. 5.4 yards per play. That is 17th in the league. And I'll be honest, Ramondre Stevenson had 5.4 yards a run, uh, yards a carry last week. I'm sorry, this past week against the Bills. He had 5.1 against the Vikings last week. Let's see what he had. Um, I hate how it does that. Let's see, against the Jets. He had, or Damian Harris had 8.1, Stevenson had 1.7. So is it safe to say that the run game is the reason why you have uh, 5.4 yards per play? I'd say so, because I'll get into the offensive numbers in a few moments. Third down uh, conversion percentage, 36.18, that's 27th. Fourth down conversion, 33%, that's 29th. Red zone scoring percentage, touchdown, not a field goal red zone touchdown scoring percentage 37 and a half that's 31 percent touchdowns per game 2.1 that's 25 uh 25th overall this team's offense as a whole rushing passing whatever is a bottom tier offense bottom no matter how you want to look at it okay the I'll get into the, the rushing metrics in just a few moments here. But 20th, uh, 20th in points per game, 25th in yards per game, uh, 17th in yards per play. I'll give you that one, but that's probably more rushing than anything. Uh, 27th third down percentage, 29th fourth down percentage, conversion percentage, of course. Red zone touchdown scoring, 31st in the league, touchdowns per game, 25th in the league. Gross gross this is just offense guys i'm not even giving you defense i probably won't because that's a whole nother conversation for another day and i think i only have offensive stats here uh rushing passing kicking turnover Uh, i guess i have some penalties penalties is a whole nother thing itself but i mean the defense overall really has not been bad they've been inconsistent i think is what i really want to use here 33 against the vikings but three against the jets 24 against the Bills last week, 3 against the Colts, 17 against the Jets. So, like, they've had good stretches and bad stretches, but it's a team game. Here we go. You ready? Rushing pl- uh, Rush play percentage, 43.8. So, that's 13. So, they're running the ball at the 13th most in the league at 40, almost 44%. Yards per rush, 4.0. So, 4 on the dot. That ranks 26th. Rushes per game, 26. That ranks 17th. Rushing yards per game, 104.9. So, just about 105. That ranks 23rd. Rushing touchdowns per game, 0.8. Also 23rd in the league. So, uh, maybe, maybe it's not the, the running that's carrying this offense. Maybe it is the passing. Well, let's take a look at the passing numbers here. Pass play percentage obviously is going to be 56.18, which ranks 20th, because that in the rush play percentage has to equal 100. Completion percentage, 69.02%. That is number two in the league. That is number two in the league. That's pretty damn good. Yards per play, 7.0. That ranks 11th. Okay, we're getting close to the top 10. Maybe the... uh, Passing offense isn't as bad as I thought. Passes per game, 30.7, that ranks 25th. That's not really a statistic. That's just a, I guess, no, it is a statistic, but it's not a performance statistic. Passing yards per game, this is a good one. 214.0, that ranks 21st in the league. Interception thrown, uh, interception thrown percentage, 2.72, that ranks 25th in the league. And quarterback sack percentage, percent, that ranks 23rd. I mean, it's an equal bag of crap for both the offense and the defense. It's an equal bag of crap. The only thing that I really like about the passing offense is the completion percentage in the yards per play. I mean, I know they're trying to force Mac Jones to throw the ball a little bit more downfield compared to last year, which I would like to see as well. But hey, I'll take it. Seven point yards uh, per pass. That's pretty good. Eleventh. I'll take that. Sixty-nine point zero two percent. That's number two in the league. I'll take that. Everything else is trash. Yards per uh, passing yards per game. Twenty-first. Interceptions thrown. Twenty-five in the league, or twenty-fifth in the league. Quarterback sack percentage. Eight percent of his dropbacks are going to result in a sack. That's twenty-third. That is not good enough. It's not good enough. So. It's the whole offense. And I, I, I do have statistic, defensive statistics here on the other side because on the left is New England's offense and on the right is New England's defense, which I didn't see. So I'm just going to just fly right through this just to give you an overall arching look that it's the offense and not so much the defense. Opponents' points per game, 18.8, that ranks eighth. Opponents' yards per game, 311.8, that ranks eighth. Um,. Opponent's yards per play, 5. That's 7th. Opponent third down percentage, 40.35. That's 20th. That's not good. Opponent fourth down percentage, 29.41. That's 3rd in the league. Opponent red zone touchdown scoring percentage, 55.56. That's 16th. Opponent's touchdowns per game, 2 on the nose. That ranks 6th. Opponent rushing... Oh, I don't care about the percentage. Opponent rushing yards per game... Oh, no, no. Opponent uh, yards per rush, excuse me. Opponent yards per rush, 4.2. That ranks 8th. Opponent rushes per game, 26.7. That ranks 16th. Opponent rushing yards per game, 111.2. That ranks 11th. Opponent rushing touchdowns per game, 0.4. That ranks 2nd in the league. Uh, Opponent completion percentage, 59.14. That ranks 2nd. Opponent yards per pass, 6.1. That is 7th. Opponent passes per game, 32.8, that's 11th. Opponent passing yards per game, 200.6, that's 9th in the league. Opponent interception thrown percentage, 3.05, that's 5th in the league. And sack percentage, 9.01, that's 2nd in the league. So the defense has a lot of statistics in the top 10. There's eighth, there's second, second, seventh, ninth, fifth, second. And then there's a bunch that are in the teens 14th, 16th, 11th, 19, 11th. Not one defensive statistic. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't scroll back up a little further. Uh, and then there's the eight, 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 seven, you know, earlier, the overall statistics. Only one statistic is in the 20s, and that's opponent third down percentage, which of course you could always improve that no matter where you rank. But not one statistic on the defense is in the bottom third of the league. Um, there's 32 or, yeah, can you divide? No, you really can't divide it by 30, huh? Okay, so bottom fourth in the league, right? Bottom four in the league would be 1 through 8 is top four, 9 through 16 is second, 17 through 24, and then 25 through 32, right? Not one defensive statistic is in the bottom fourth. Fourth of the league. So that ranks 25 to 32. How many of those do the Patriots rank in on the offensive side of the ball? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then there's a bunch of them that were in the low 20s that I didn't count because that would be the third tier if you were divided by four, if that makes sense. I know I'm throwing a bunch of statistics and a bunch of numbers at you and a bunch of percentages and ranks at you. But this really needs to be understood. The Patriots' defense is not the problem. Could the defense always be better? Of course. Any defense can always be better in all aspects. Defense wins championships. Of course. De- you know, Look at Aaron Donald last year for the Rams. Got the strip sack on Joe Burrow. And that was it. You know, created the pressure. For him to throw the incompletion, that's what it was. I mean, defensive... Elite defensive players are, you know, especially edge rushers, are starting to be considered closers for for some teams. I mean, we've seen it in college. We've seen it, obviously, with Aaron Donald. We've seen it just time and time again, just defenses making big plays. I mean, Patriots and Eagles. Uh, Pete uh, Tom Brady got strip-sacked, you know, in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter at mid- midfield. Obviously, that really hindered the Patriots' drive, and they had to, you know, you know Stop the Eagles on three straight rushes, get the ball back with no timeouts, and then push the ball downfield with like 30 seconds left, resulting in the Patriots losing that Super Bowl. Defense wins. Look at the Broncos in what did they win 2015. They absolutely decimated the Carolina Panthers. They made Cam Newton, the MVP that year, look like absolutely garbage. Hate to say it, Patriots and Falcons in 2016. Dante Hightower coming off the edge. Get the strip sack. Get the strip sack and the Patriots recover at like the 40-yard line or the 50-yard line, wherever it was. That wasn't a closing play, but again, that was a revolting play that put you in a position to win that game or help put you in a position to help you win that game. Defense is fine. As much as I bag on the defense for the inconsistencies and allowing this and allowing that point. It's not I mean when you're de- when your offense is going three and out or having five play drives and having a punt and put the defense back on the field the defensive numbers are going to be loaded because they're on the field more. The time of possession last night between the Bills and the Patriots was easily 2 to 1, if not more. I think the Bills made had had the ball for like 42, 43 minutes out of that whole game. The Patriots offense is the problem. Mac Jones isn't the problem. Mac Jones isn't also going to fix the problem because he can't do it himself. He needs help, whether it's in the run game, passing game, offensive line, or the offensive play calling. He needs help. So for those that are saying that this is Mac Jones, Mac Jones sucks, he can't do this, he can't make that throw, re-listen to this episode or watch Highlights from, or just sit down and watch the whole Buffalo Bills game from last night all over again. After hearing this and what I have to say in this episode, then you will understand where I'm coming from and you'll understand the truth, the facts, and the statistics that we just went over. Now, to just round out this episode, of course, of course, being a Patriots fan, I want them to make the playoffs, I want them to make a deep run, but as a sports podcast host and of course having a card shop, Murph's Cartown Sports Shop, I have to be ow, oh, I just like bit my lip. <laughs> ow. <laughs> I have to be realistic. As much as I want to be optimistic, I have to be realistic. And I've said this since day one. Patriots, six and eleven. Six and eleven. I said three and fourteen when Mac Jones went in, uh, got hurt. But they played the Lions and the Browns and you know they whatever. So they're currently six and six. I've gone over the schedule. I went over it last week. Uh, they could beat the Cardinals. Hopefully they can on my birthday. That would be a nice little gift. Uh, they should be able to beat the Raiders. But I have them losing the Bengals, Dolphins, and the Bills again to wrap up the season. If you couldn't beat the Bills Thursday night, oh, well, I guess it doesn't really matter if it's a Thursday or not because it was still a full week for both of you guys. If you weren't able to beat them at home, you sure as hell aren't going to beat them in Buffalo. Again, unless they have absolutely nothing to play for, they already locked up the number one seed, they already locked up the number two, whatever. That's the only way you end up winning is if they just sit everybody. But where they're now 6-6 six and six, and they have five remaining games left, if they win the next three out of five games, that puts them at 9-8, and eight, hypothetically. I still don't think that's good enough. I really don't. I don't think that's good enough. It, it just can't be good enough because you have – the Dolphins at eight and three, who are currently second, but that's only because the Bills already played their game today, uh, yesterday. You have the Bengals at seven and four, who are right behind the Ravens. So either the Ravens or the Bengals will be obviously the North uh, winner, and then the other will be a wild card team. Then you have the Jets at seven and four, who some say they you know might fall off, but we don't know that yet. But then you have the Chargers at six and five. All I'm saying, and then you're at 6-6, six and six. all I'm saying is if you lose eight games this year, you're not getting it. I do not see the Chargers losing three of their next five games. I think they're too talented, despite the coaching and the injuries, whatever. I don't see them losing the next, I'm not even going to look at the schedules. I'm just going to just go into this, you know, how I feel about these teams and what I know about these teams. I don't see the Chargers losing the, losing the next three of five games. Or I should say three of six games, because they haven't they still have six games remaining. I don't see actually I do kind of see the Jets losing the next three of six games. I, I really do. So let's just take them out of the equation. I don't see the Bengals losing the next three of six games, but they do play the Chiefs this week, so that's gonna be a big tell. Even if they lose, I still don't see them losing the next two of five games. I just think they're too good. I think they're now starting to figure it out. Dolphins? I don't see them losing the next three or six games. They're very good. Ravens, I don't think they'll lose the next three or six games. I really don't. Titans, I mean, I'm not the biggest Titans fan here, but I just don't see them losing the next three or six games. And then I'm not even going to talk about the Chiefs or the Bills because they're in a class of their own. Is there a chance? Yeah, of course. Okay, fine. Is that what you want me to say? There's a chance that they can make the playoffs. How good is that chance? Oh, I don't feel good about it at all. I really don't. You know, regardless how we feel about the Jets or regardless what you know what you want to say about the Jets and Zach Wilson and Mike Mike White and all that, they're two games or a game and a half ahead of you. They're going against the Vikings, so let's just call it a loss. They're seven and five. They're still a game ahead of you. It's just Yeah, you have the tiebreakers over them. But at that point they control their own fate. They control their own destiny. Chargers who you don't play this year are a better team than you. It's going to be tough. You're going to need two of these teams to fall out. Again, we could all see the Jets falling out. But then you have the Chargers who could slide in. Okay. Are the Bengals going to fall out? Are the Dolphins going to fall out? Are the Ravens going to fall out? Titans are the only team that's going to win that South. The Colts are 4-7-1. and Jags are 4-7. four and And the Texans are 1-9-1. and So the Titans, at the very least, will probably be the fourth seed in the AFC. So let's not even count them. That's how much of a joke that division is. It's going to be tough. Listen, I want to be optimistic. I really do. I want to have faith. I want to believe. But that game against the Vikings that you lost really hit you hard. But, again, it left you with optimism. The game against the Bills last night just really demoralizing you and resetting you. It's just, oh, if you just had one of those two games, if you just had one of those two games, you'd be right there. You'd be right there. You'd be the eighth team on the bubble, possibly past the Jets because again, you know, not many people believe in the Jets long term. Or imagine having both of them. You would be seven and what would you be? Seven and four, right now. You'd be ahead of the Jets. Uh, I don't know about tiebreakers and such about being ahead of the Bengals or not, but you'd be that six or seven team. Pages are shooting themselves in the foot. They really are. They're going to be the ones why they don't make the playoffs it's not because the Chargers are better than you or the Jets are better than you or the Bengals are better than you it's because you can't be better than yourself what does that mean we all believe that the Patriots are the super good team because of what we've known for 20 years right from 2001 to 2020 Tom Brady, New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, six Super Bowls, all these AFC title games, the list goes on and on and on. And there's still people, whether it's fans or personnel in Gillette Stadium, that still believe in that Patriot way, that Patriot dynasty that we've had for 20 years. And they cannot accept the fact that that is not the case anymore, that you need to move on from that. You need to evolve from that moment in time to the new age, the new era of the New England Patriots. And if you keep believing that you can makeshift things with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and Nelson Aguilar and just uh, makeshift in the offense, trading Shaq Mason for a bag of balls, then you're just you can't win with just The coach, you can't win with just the quarterback. Not, not this team. Not anymore. If you put Tom Brady on this team right now, he would be able to make it work. And you know what? He damn probably would be making it work, because he'd be able to make corrections at the line of scrimmage to keep the tight end in, to keep the running back in, whatever. Hot route this guy, make this play, make that play. We saw it for twenty years. We all know what I'm talking about. Infuriating, it really is. And I didn't get to the fact when I was talking about, oh, the wide receivers being the issue, the offensive line not protecting, the offensive play calling sucking, is that the Patriots' leading receiver last night, I'll I'll end on this. I'll end on this. The Patriots' leading receiver last night had two receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. That was Marcus Jones, who is a cornerback, who is your kick returner, a special teamer. Oh, my God. That was your leading rusher. Uh, receiver, sorry. I mean, C- Stevenson had six receptions, but 24 yards. Again, he got bottled up. Cornerback, rookie, special teamer was your leading receiver. Congratulations. That's how piss poor this receiving group is right now. Piss poor. Again, I hate being negative Nancy here. I hate, hate, hate talking so bad about the Patriots. I really, really do. Pains me. just the truth just it just is what it is again they're in their own way they're preventing patriots are preventing themselves from succeeding because of egotistic uh views arrogance Uh, i don't know if it's a lack of effort or lack of care but it's it's a lack of urgency honestly it is a true lack of urgency and it's really frustrating as a fan and i know other fans are frustrated as well but what can we do there's nothing we can do right now hopefully things can change in the offseason maybe the patriots can make a run here towards the end of the season who they're still in it technically they're still in it but i just i don't like their chances but hey who knows crazier things have happened But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode guys i really appreciate you downloading listening and enjoying murph's boston sports talk episode number 170 on all audio only platforms such as spotify google podcast amazon music apple podcast anywhere you can listen to your podcast you can find murph's boston sports talk so thank you so much for downloading listening and enjoying if you listen to this episode on youtube Thank you guys so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment your question, thoughts, comments, concerns, anything down below that you have about today's episode, something you want to talk about, something that I may have missed, something that you want to reiterate on anything. Leave that down below in the comment section as I cannot wait to read and reply to any and all comments. And also, please consider that giant red subscribe button if you're new or have not considered subscribing to the channel just yet as I would greatly appreciate the love and support. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me, Murph, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook, at Murph's Car Town. That is where you can find me on social media. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this rant. I tried to, I tried to have fun with it. I tried to look on the optimistic positivity side of things, but I had to hit you with the cold, hard facts, although it may not be what we want to hear, but it is just the truth. But again... Thank you guys so much. I cannot wait to see you for the next episode, episode number 171. But between now and then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy next week. And I will catch you for the next one. But again, between now and then, guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you.